Before we dive into this podcast, we want to introduce you to our sponsor, TylerMade. Established in 2008, TylerMade is a family-owned and run business built on traditional values of trust, honesty, and integrity. When you visit TylerMade's showroom, you'll experience firsthand their commitment to these values through their honest pricing with no hidden fees and service with a genuine smile. Each tile specialist is knowledgeable in all areas from features and benefits to measuring and layout, ensuring you receive the best advice and service possible. TylerMade's vision is to become one of the largest and most successful tile manufacturers of high-end quality products with a stylish and exclusive range of products distributed worldwide to both wholesale and retail markets. Their mission is to manufacture high-quality tiles and surpass expectations by offering competitive prices through an ongoing commitment to customer satisfaction and dedication to continuous improvement. We're proud to have TylerMade as our sponsor and invite you to visit their showroom in Cooparoo or check out their products online at tylermade.com.au. Hello and welcome back to the Supercoach Champions podcast. You're here with Catfish as always. Uh, it is round 22. We are almost, almost through the end of the season. I'm joined here tonight by someone who's counting down the days left in the Supercoach season. He's uh, got the calendar out. He's crossing out each day, dreading, dreading the day where it gets closer and closer to the final lockout of round 27. Of course, I am talking about the reigning champ, Matt White. How's it going, mate? Good, mate. Good. Yeah, I am counting down the days. I am. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing who does get to hold the mantelpiece at the end of the year, and um, I can imagine how, exactly how they're feeling right now. As I'm sure you can still remember, it uh, it only gets more stressful from here, right? You, you're running out of trades, injuries, and and restings. You're looking at everybody's team in the top ten, trying to find point of differences. It, it's stressful, but um, look, I've got a different type of stress this time of the year. I've barely put up a thousand the last couple of rounds, but I'm looking down at my team and these last five rounds, I would hate to be versing me in a head-to-head game. Well, I think that's it. Like you've said for quite a while now that you've moved your focus to head-to-head. I think you accepted round about maybe round 13 was when it really sunk in like, yeah, no, it's it's gone. Uh, the the title, title defense wasn't happening. And since then, you've been very much running with that head-to-head strategy. So look, it doesn't matter what you're scoring as long as it's more than your opponent, right? Absolutely. We were chatting before. I think it, it sounds like you're in a good stead for the finals. So good luck to you, you and your competition. And obviously, yeah, uh, at least if you're not going to, you know, defend your title, hopefully you can go and win some head-to-head leagues. Yeah, mate. Still loving Supercoach just as much, right? doesn't matter what you're playing. You, you still watch every tackle and every offload the same way. Well, that's it. And you said you fell in love with Supercoach while playing head-to-head. So, you know, going back to your first love, it's all right. Overall is is nice, especially when you win the 50K. But after that, it doesn't matter. You climbed a mountain once and it's really hard to do it again. So fair play there. Look, I'm I'm kind of just in limbo. I'm like floating around the, you know, one, two, three K mark. That's just where I've been for a long time now. Subpar week of 1176 for me. I've gone back to the 3100s. It's not too bad. Like I'm only a couple of hundred points. I mean, less than 250 points back behind Joe. Joe Fitz, who's uh, scored 1180, he's still in the top 900. So, 
you know, not that far away for me to chase that. Uh, we've got Guy who's pacing all of us. He's up in the 300s uh, with another 1227, so he's doing quite well. I look at his team, though. He's about 600 points ahead of me, so fair enough. He's, <laughs> he's going to be a bit hard to chase down there. Now, our champs only bonus leader. We have three guys in the mix there. So we were joking about Nick last week, uh, the coach of Chi Sammy. You know, he's figured out that you actually can leave other groups and he realized that he needs to join our group. So he's jumped in there. He's pacing the champions, uh, the champs now in 50th overall uh, and, and just a tad bit ahead of Reese, coach of Thorns Legion in 70th. And we've got Rod, coach of Team Bozza, in 90th. So just 90 points between the three champs there. So it's going to be a close race to the end. We've got a couple of leagues up the top. So Champions 1 sitting in 22nd overall. Now I'm in the Podmasters Cup sitting in 7th overall. I think we were hopeful of being able to go back-to-back. But much like yourself, I think it might be time that we resign ourselves to the fact that we may not be able to chase down that number one ranked league. This is, of course, the 20-team leagues. You know the real the real leagues, right? <laughs> yeah, the proper way to play should be good. Exactly right. Tw- Twenty team leagues is where it's, where it's at. But yeah, it's going to be a really tough one to defend that title. But we'll give it out the best shot till the end. And anyway, enough of that chat. Let's jump into the news for the week. All right. So round twenty two is actually women in league round. So. If you've looked at the NRL website or the app or whatever, you probably noticed it's a little bit purple. Obviously, it's also round two of the NRLW. They they had a great first round last last week. Did you catch any of the, the women's games? I saw a little bit of the Cowboys game. And, um, yeah, it was good to watch. The Gold Stars or the Cow? Who knows what they're called? The, the North Queensland team. And, um, yeah, it was it's good to watch. I, I always say, uh, now this is almost sacrilege, but the, the women's state of origin is – is just as good, if not better, to watch than the men's. I love watching the women's game. I think that it, it it's almost funny, right? Because there's such a polarizing kind of view. Like there are some people who they just they don't have any time for it, right? And I can understand it's not their thing, but I I, I feel like they should probably give it another go because the standard of all, like maybe they tried women's footy when it first came out, right? And and they tried to get into it and it wasn't. I mean, let's be let's be real. The product probably wasn't up to scratch back then, but their skills are leveling up each each year. I think you know, as the comp expands, as they get more and more full time in terms of their training and all of that, like it's going to be, it's already improving in leaps and bounds. And I think the really good thing is, is like uh, I think the NRL had some stats there, like it, looking at the grassroots level. So now they've got more than forty thousand women and girls playing club club rugby league across the country. That's uh, an increase of 14% year on year, so that's huge growth. They've got about 17,000 registered female coaches, trainers, and volunteers. Again, that's up 11%, and 698 registered female referees. That's 7.5% increase on last year. So the obviously women, it's not just like the, the cliche thing is to talk about, you know, the mums and, and all of that supporting the players and driving them to training and stuff like that, but their presence in, in league is is increasing in so many different ways, which is really fantastic. And I think, you know, hopefully that will continue to drive the growth of the the women's game. But yeah, obviously, if you haven't checked out the women's footy for a bit, it's it's worth watching. Even if you just catch the highlights or whatever, you'll see that the skills are just improving more and more. What's the matter? Haven't you ever seen a football injury before, you wimps? Let's go. 
All right. So as always at this point in the season, so going to really try to focus on the Supercoach relevant guys. Uh, if I mention players, it's because they either have, you know, they are Supercoach relevant themselves or maybe they are in some people's teams. Uh, in the Warriors and Raiders game, we had some dramas with uh, New Corey. He not was uh, suffered a concussion. He f- It was a Category 2, but he failed the HIA, so that's why I believe he's going to be missing this week, probably back the week after, but as always with concussion, you just never know. Uh, for the Rabbitohs, obviously, Luttrell Mitchell was named and then was a late withdrawal. Uh, I think in the 24-hour cuts, he dropped out again. So just talking about Latrell briefly, I imagine he's high on your list of considerations for potential trade-ins this week. I mean, you know, this calf injury, it's been lingering for a long time. Uh, my understanding is, and, and again, shout out to NRL Physio and the Magic Sponge podcast, they talk about it in a lot more detail. And if you're one of his Patreons, you probably would have gotten a, a huge write-up on it. But the Cliff's notes of it all is basically the Rabbitohs, when they first got their scan of his calf injury, it seems that they just, the scan, you know, they didn't pick up everything. They thought it wasn't as bad as it was, as what it was. So whether because of that, they, you know, for the initial uh, turnaround time for recovery, they thought it'd be much sooner, right? Because he was named for around 14 and 15 and origin too. But I think as, there's re- at the, as they've realized it's not going that well, they've done further scans and then realized actually there's more damage here than we thought. Hence why it's just blown out. So the decision last round apparently was he'd only had one, I think, one full training session with his team, you know, in, in the last week. So they thought, hold him back. He'll get an extra Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, and then the Friday training session as well. So then with the extra four training sessions, he'll be 100% ready to go. Uh, yeah, so apparently that's the decision with Luttrell. There seems to be no issues. He's kicking goals in practice. He's apparently going to be full go. Uh, on that basis, do you reckon you have any hesitation at all bringing him in? Uh, I don't have any hesitation. I've got a few trades still up my sleeve. So if, if catastrophe does hit, um, he's quite easy to get out. I do feel sorry for some players with, that are really low on trades because he's going to be a hard non-own against the Tigers and then they've got an, a sweet four games before their buy. So, yeah, look, Latrell. I think maybe having that week off again, this is all from the physio. If he's ready to go and they've just given him another week on ice, that, that can only be a good thing, right, with a with a calf and a hamstring. So, yeah, look, I'm looking forward to um, watching the troll this week. I know the back end of last year, he was Superman himself. So I'm hoping he can repeat that. I'm usually very hesitant with injuries, especially, you know, long-term layoffs and things like that. But I think the fact that he was held back the extra week, that definitely reduces the chance of re-aggravation and things like that. And, you know, you nailed it on the head where Joe and I were talking last week, you know, because it was a matchup against the Broncos, we didn't think he was worth the risk if he was going to come back and play. Different story with the Tigers, right? So the upside is there, and I think I might be there with you bringing him in, but still yet undecided on that one there. Uh, for the Storm, they lost Raymond Smith to a pretty pretty gruesome-looking injury. <laughs> bit like uh, Campbell Gillard uh, a while back when Payne Haas landed on him, basically. So he's going to be out for a bit. And, you know, you guys are scratching for centres already, aren't you? But young Tonomapia, I think, coming in. Yeah, yeah, Seve and Tonomapia starting there. So, um, yeah, definitely not the starting centre three quarters. But, yeah, look, we'll see what we can do. 
Uh, for the Cowboys, they had Jeremiah Nanai uh, leave the field due to an AC joint injury. It sounds pretty significant. They're talking, you know, probably possibly up to six weeks out. So that's not great for the Cowboys. Now, I do know, you know, they've they've named, and I'm going to butcher the name, but I think they've named Finifuaki. I don't know. Do you want to have a good crack at it? <laughs> no, I think we've had a crack a few times when I've been on the pod and I haven't even got anywhere near as close to that, mate. So we'll um, we'll go with your pronunciation. Uh, KF. I think we decided we were going to go with KF. I keep forgetting. But he's named to start this week. But apparently Lukey is potentially like next week. So I think that's something to be mindful of. Uh, and, and, yeah, obviously it's a bit of a tricky situation for those who obviously took the punt on Nanai as a bit of a late-season pod, I, I believe he might be a trade-out. I mean, there's not that many weeks left for the season. So speaking of uh, disappointing years for edge-back rollers, Sean Lane, there's a lot of hype about him this year, but he's just had zero luck. Uh, very gruesome elbow dislocation. It, it wasn't great. Uh, he's going he's gonna to be gone for a bit, basically. I don't think we'll see him again uh, in the Supercoach season, basically. Uh, still with the Cowboys, actually, Griffin Neem failed a concussion test as well. So he's out this week, I believe. But again, going through the protocols, might be back next next round. Uh, for the Panthers, they, you know, Isaac Tango was a bit of a late withdrawal due to a leg concern. He's out again this week and Peachy gets to start again. Look, they did say it was fairly minor. So I imagine he's going to be back next week. But, you know, without any further information, we really don't know there. Uh for the Bulldogs, we had Jacob Preston be a late withdrawal. Reed Marnie was benched. So apparently the chat was Marnie was, you know, struck down with flu, almost didn't play. He insisted on playing, hence why he just came off the bench. Preston was revealed to be a flu concern as well, but there was rumors about a neck issue. So this is where it maybe like there's some cross wires because they were talking about Preston maybe having a neck issue. But I think I saw it tweeted out that uh, Marnie's dealing with a bulging disc and yeah, apparently Preston's fine. It was just a flu. So who knows? Uh, I think with the Bulldogs having a buy next round, I mean, I don't think it's that bad if you wanted to trade out Preston or Marnie or whatever. Again, with Marnie, though, it's who do you go to, right? It's a bit of a struggle at Hooker. Yeah, Sonny Luke is about to hit form, mate. Jump on. He's up, he's up to 205K. He uh, could be about to hit a tear. 24 last week. That's back-to-back, what, not just double digits, but into the 20s and 30s. Amazing. Ooh, yeah. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Sunny Luke season right now. <laughs> the Seagulls. So the, they, they lost Taniela Paseca quite early on to an MCL injury. They also then lost Josh Alloway to a shoulder dislocation. So not great, basically, for the Seagulls. They've got a, a real lack of middles at the moment. I mean, when you're looking at Toff Sipley and Matt Lodge starting and Aaron Woods is there and Kepi's back in the lineup. It's not great. So, you know, we'll, we'll maybe come back come back to that later. But, yeah, uh, Paseco will be gone for quite a while, you'd assume, with that MCL. And same with the shoulders dislocation. It's not so, not so simple to come back from. Lastly, with the Sharks, so Teague Wilton's undergone a meniscus repair. So, I mean, season over for him already. But good to know that that's uh, occurred. So probably a name to, again, consider maybe for next season. And... It came, uh, dropped this morning, but Delfinuken, bicep injury, season's over. And, I mean, the guy played a full a full second half. I think he went in at half time, got it strapped up and played the, the second 40 with a biceps issue, which is insane. Like, that guy just, 
I mean, you can't can't ever fault his effort and fault his willingness to play for pain for his teammates. <laughs> Just unbelievable. Just with the judiciary, so staying with the Sharks, so Jesse Colquhoun, who was starting the edge uh, with Wilson's injury, so he's been suspended for a week. Wade Graham's been named to start there after being rested slash having a toe injury. Who knows? He might keep starting, so that's something to be a little bit cautious about. Tariq Sims copped two weeks. Marty Tapao copped three weeks for his absolute brain snap there. Insane what he – you saw that, right? Just So, yeah, sometimes it, it can no longer be a brain snap if you've done it that many times. It's it's We need to actually search for a brain. Yeah, look, to be fair, he's never done that in his career, right? He's done some dumb things though before, Will. Surely, like, <laughs> yeah. he, like maybe not that exact case, but he's done some dumb things. Yeah, definitely. Jesse Arthur's also copping a week there. So, uh, yeah. Otherwise, we had thirteen other players cop fines, and they're free to play this week, and that includes Ryan Madison. Surprise, surprise, eh? Yeah, the gun show. <laughs> the gun show, and he opened the wallet up this time. <laughs> All right, enough of that. Let's jump into the teams. Steven, I like your hustle. That's why it was so hard to cut you. Congratulations. The rest of you made the team. Except you, you and you. All right, kicking off with, I mean, it's shaping up to be a bit of a blockbuster. We've got the Broncos and the Roosters. This is at, on Thursday night uh, at the Gabba. So the Broncos, as we mentioned, they've lost Marty Tapal and uh, also Jesse Arthurs. So the big news is Tommy Flegler comes back from injury. Also, Brendan Piacura, after getting a rest, uh, he's getting the run this week as well. And Dean Mariner comes in to replace Jesse Arthurs there on the Roosters' side. So Victor Radley was a bit of a late withdrawal due to a hammy tightness, apparently. So he's been named to start at lock this round. That means the Butchers are back on the edges again. And Nathan Brown onto the bench. And Sua Wong back to the extended reserves. And then the Cheese, uh, I mean, he started last round, but he's named to start this round as well. So, I mean, look, the Roosters, they looked pretty good last last round. Was it more the Titans sucking or was it more the Roosters looking good? Yeah, they did look good, didn't they? Especially that first half. Uh, I don't know what happened in the second, but the, the Titans aren't what you would call notorious great defensive side. But, um, yeah, look, the Roosters, they, they need to push the next couple of games, if they can string a couple of wins together, it, it'll start getting to, oh, we can mathematically still make it. So so who knows? And Teddy seemed back to his best. I know it was controversial, his uh, little getaway to Byron Bay. But look, I, I think he'd earned it. And and if it sparks him and, and he can spark the rest of the team, it's it's a masterstroke. So look, I, as I say, I think the Roosters are like in the $3, but it, it could be a lot closer game than that suggests. Yeah, I think so. And look, with the Broncos, I mean, for them, it's just they've got to keep riding off the momentum that Payne Haas and Paddy Carrigan generates for them, right? I think it'll be good to get Carrigan back into the middle. Reese Walsh had an absolute ball buster of a game uh, after his, obviously, his, uh, his little layoff as well. Uh, I mean, how do you see him? Do you think he's a genuine pod for the rest of the season or is it a bit tough with uh, the round 25 buy for him there? Yeah, I think... Round 25 by is tough, and they've got not the world's greatest matchups on the run home. Look, the Broncos are a good team and are really going to push for the last sort of five rounds, but I think there's better options than Walsh out there, right? You've got you've got Luttrell, Teddy maybe back into form, Ponga's killing it with some, some decent games. Um, yeah, look, 
not for me. Yep, fair call, fair call. I mean, even as a Broncos fan, I think I can acknowledge the draw's not the easiest in the next couple of weeks, but I've been so skeptical for so long, but I'm starting to believe that the Broncos actually might actually be a good team, even with Billy Walters and Tyson Smoothie at nine. Yeah. <laughs> succeeding in spite of them but yeah i think super coach wise i think you know pain Haas is pain Haas. i think the minutes will be fine like probably just a little bit lower than you'd expected but with this run home i think he'll he'll need to be playing more minutes so i think with the round 25 by they, they don't really need to rest him up mid-game they're going to get a full two weeks off later so i think he'll be he'll be raring to go yeah, look, I think with the Roosters, I've seen some people even talk about Brandon Smith as a bit of a hooker downgrade. I mean, he is very affordable at 402000 I mean, decent game last round, but again, attacking stats in there, right? So with the Roosters, you know, you talked about their run home being pretty good and they need to they need to score points. They need to do much better than, have, than what they've been doing all year. Yeah, I don't mind the shout there, right? If you can downgrade someone... Two cheese free up, you know, hundred, two hundred k. We can get around that. Yeah, he looked really good last week. Um, I think he's a downgrade option, or or someone who's um, really only got one AE option in uh, one AE nightmare in, in Sunny Luke, and you just want to clear the decks. Look, it's only two hundred thousand to get from Sunny Luke up to Brandon. So um, if you've got some other nightmares there, it's probably not worth it. But if say Sunny Luke's your only guy that you want to get rid of, it's only going to cost you two hundred thousand to sort of yeah, get another playable option there. Yep, very fair, very fair. All right, we'll move on to the next game. This is the Tigers and the Rabbitohs. This is Friday 6 p.m. over in Tamworth. So even though Tigers home game, and much like the Rabbitohs last week, they've taken it regional. So for the Tigers, they get Luke Brooks back from the hammy injury. That's He's been out since round 15. So Charlie Staines is back as well after a bit of an injury layoff himself. Tommy Talal gets rightly dropped because he's been – but not very good, to put it lightly. And it might be good for Junior Tupo to be not on the wing because he's also not been very good either. And as we mentioned, Bloor's back and onto the bench, although, again, there might be a bit of a reshuffle there to see if, him, if he might start somewhere as well. For the Rabbitohs, so, again, big news is for Trell is in, and I think we're expecting him to actually play this round. Jai Arrow, uh, so named at prop this week instead of at the back row. Post onto the into the starting side and uh, just a shuffle on the bench with Talis Duncan dropping off for Jed Cartwright. So, I mean, we've talked about it already. Luttrell, I think you and I are both on the same page. Like, he's worth the risk. Even with the high break, even it, it's very easily achievable, I think, right? Just with that Tigers side. I mean, Luke Brooks back is good, but yeah, I don't think he's going to stop Luttrell. <laughs> No, no, Luke Brookbacks is good, but like the Tigers, they're out of contention for the finals. Um, there's Lee, whatever he's, Hadjipentelis, whatever his name is, him and his fedora uh, making appearances left, right and centre. No one's seen Pasco. Look, I I wouldn't want to not own Latrell, and I've got a huge Rabbitohs stack at the moment. Like I've got five or six of them because, yeah, their run is unreal with Cody and Campbell Graham, Johnson, Kalal Matungi. Latrell, I'm all in on the Rabbitohs at the moment. What are you going to do on your head-to-head grand final, mate? Yeah, I'm going to have to shuffle some decks. I've got to get there first, though, Will. There's going to be some trades. But, um, look, they'd be great to own right now, I think. What do you reckon? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I think if you don't have too many bunnies, I can get all around it. Uh, like someone like myself, I'm, I've am i only got Cody Walker. 
from the bunnies. So I'm adding Latrell to that. I think I can survive. You know, obviously my focus always a little bit more on overall over the head-to-head side of things. But with that draw with Latrell in full health, it'll be hard to not have him on on my team. Basically, I I know I've flip flopped this. I I I, temp, I was tempted to run without him for quite some time, but. Yeah, the closer I get to literal stepping back onto the field and realizing I don't know if I can have, not have him in my team. Yeah, I think I just got to get him. Uh, you mentioned a couple of others, those other names. I mean, Cam Murray, we shouted him out as a really, really good value. He quickly returned value on that. And I think he's still great at that price tag if you wanted to jump on. Uh, you know, Keon's been a little bit disappointing, I think, super coach wise even though on the field he's still doing really well but I think there could be some attacking stats back on offer. And, you know, Alex Johnston's still very affordable. If you, again, maybe you don't have enough trades for a Luttrell and maybe you just want to get a piece of it. Like last week, I I wasn't going to get Nathan Cleary, but I wanted a piece of that Panthers attack. I jumped on Bizza. So that paid off for me very nicely. And yeah, I mean, not not having Cleary terrifies me, but at least I've got the, the winger on his side of the field, at least. So that might be a... Something you could do with AJ there if you don't don't want to get too much on on the Rabbitohs there. There's no Tigers that we'd really look at, right? Not at this point of the season. If you've got like Bateman or, or Ice, I wouldn't be rushing to sell them. I think you've got bigger trade out than, than those two guys. But um, yeah, it's definitely no one you're looking to bring in. Yep, I think that's sensible. Let's keep it moving then. I think there's a few tasty options maybe in this game. It's the Storm and the Eels. Uh, Friday, 8 p.m. This one's at Marvel Stadium. So, I mean, it's just the Storm playing in Melbourne, but not at Amy Park. So is this another rectangular, I mean, another oval field? It sure is. It sure is. Uh, like, I love the Women's World Cup for the f- soccer, but it's not. It's it's messing with our footy. <laughs> it is. Uh, so for the Storm, obviously, uh, we talked about the, the, the centres, uh, in trouble there. So Young Tonomapea and uh, Marion Seve in there. So Nelson Asafa Solomona, actually a surprise out. He had a finger issue. He's actually gone for surgery already, so he's out there. Not sure when he'll be back, so that's a bit of a dagger if uh, you jumped on him as a bit of a pod with Katoa out. Speaking of Katoa, he's back from his eye injury, but he's on the bench. So maybe there's a late swap with Tom Eisenhurst's name to start there, but not sure. Maybe they're going to ease Katoa in. So did you end up holding Katoa this whole time? No, I did. I, I, I wanted to. I really did want to. I, I jumped off. I needed to free up some cash, so I, I downgraded him. But, um, yeah, anyone who has who has held him, I don't think it'd be big numbers. I, I like him for the run home. That that storm forward pack, you take Nelson out of there, that, it looks weak, doesn't it? Yeah, and it, it worries me for Harry Grant, obviously, because I think Naz is such a big part of getting that you know, just momentum, right? A quick play to ball after a huge surging run from Nelson and Harry can make magic happen off it, but just don't see anyone. I mean, maybe Kemikamitha can step up and be that guy to get some of those big rolling runs there. But yeah, it is a little bit concerning. I still I still back Harry to, to get it done though. I wonder if last round, I mean, he obviously had a really poor round uh, by his standards and it's weird because he's had two of those this year, but they've always kind of been after he's backed up from Origin, right, if I'm not mistaken. So I wonder if he playing all three Origins and then he didn't have a rest. Like I thought he'd get a rest in round 20, but he didn't. Pulled, played the full 80 and, you know, obviously another game. I, I wonder if he was just feeling the effects of it, just had a quiet one by his standards. 
Yeah, there's every chance. And, and when you say that, you've almost spoken into existence the chance of him potentially getting a rest on the way home. Um, and that scares the life out of me. As a sunny Luke owner? <laughs> that, is, that is the reason it scares the life out of me, Wealth. <laughs> but I thought it was sunny Luke season, right? Isn't this the, the start of his run home? <laughs> no, no, that's gone. We just need him cheap for next year. Um, no, in, in all seriousness, though, like you're right, ha- Harry Grant um, can generally just outdo anything that, that that's happening. But when you've got toilers like Liero and, and Eisenhuth and, and even Josh King, I don't see quick play the balls. Even the outside backs, right, like young Tottenham appear, there's no Justin Olam to, to smash and crash his way up. I, I'm nervous for him. He's still the best option at hooker, but I'm, I'm nervous. Yep, I know what you mean. I actually uh, paid up in round 19 to get rid of Sonny Luke. I upgraded him to Blake Braley, which was great in round 19, but he's not been so good. I ended up having to play him last round because Jacob Preston was laid out. So I was like, well, I only have one option left here. And uh, I thought he'd score a little bit better than 36. But hey, same score as Harry Grant, so can't be too bad, right? Yeah, yeah. We, we've spoken about this a few times, but and like Harry Grant is not the Harry Grant of last season, and he's still comfortably the best super coach hooker, isn't he? That's the crazy thing, right? So I mean, yeah, you got to have him, but outside of that, it's it's not a great not a great position. But you know, I just couldn't handle having Luke in my team any longer. <laughs> I had to get rid of him. So look, if I hadn't, I might be looking at cheese, as we discussed a little bit earlier there. Cam Munster, great game, obviously, from him. I think his best game for some time, I feel like. Even in Origin, I thought like he just wasn't playing that well. But Munster, you know, he's bottomed out now, well and truly, I think. So if you haven't got on, it's not too late. I do wonder, like, I've got Cody Walker and Kalen Ponga there. I mean, I could flip Ponga to, to fullback there, but I kind of, I'm almost thinking, do I just roll home with those two at 5'8 and Latrell at fullback? Or? Yeah, there's a there's almost... Five good options you want between um, fullback and and five eight, isn't it? And five doesn't go into four. I'm in the same boat. I've got Ponga and Walker up there. I want Munster. Um, I I don't think this week against the Eels or or maybe next week against the Panthers is is the time that I'm going to get him in. I'd love to have him right, but I, I notice on the way home they go Canberra, St George, Gold Coast, and, and that is just lovely, isn't it? Yeah, well, that's round twenty four to twenty six, which is. Like maybe dodging Munster for round 23, first week of head-to-head finals is a good good strategy there. So I can certainly get around that. But if you're, you're obviously overall, the price tag, I mean, it's rare you get Munster for under 650K. And I think that's uh, that's about as cheap he's going to be for the rest of the season. So if you need to get him in and you're worried about cash, this might be the round to take a punt on it. Like the Eels haven't been going that well defensively. So I don't mind it at all. Any other names from the Storm side that you'd uh, look at? Or, or is it more just, should we move on to the Eels? There's a few question marks on the Eels as well, isn't there? Yeah, I, I think we can move on. I'd, Pappenhausen makes me nervous about Meany. I, I would be looking at Meany again because obviously if Munster's got that run, so does Meany. But um, it makes me nervous with Pappenhausen seemingly so close. with. The last thing I saw from Pappenhausen, he tweeted last week that he was thinking maybe another couple of weeks. So that's probably him to play. Like, does that mean a couple of weeks for him to play in reserve grade for the Falcons? And then does he get another game or two off the bench? Like, I think for the regular season, Meany's probably pretty safe. But I do understand what you mean. Like, there is that little bit of uncertainty. But again, Meany's a really good price right now as well and still getting it done. So 
I couldn't fault anyone jumping on there. Probably a bit harsh of me to neglect to mention Josh Hodgson's retirement, I believe. I think that was part of the discussion, and that's why Joey Lussick's shown up in the team list there. So I think Hodgson maybe unselfishly retired to free up his top 30 spot, a bit like Josh Reynolds did for the Bulldogs. I mean, Hodgson was always gone for the season with that neck uh, surgery that he'd gone under. But yeah, so, you know, Josh Hodgson obviously had a very solid career. Not so much, uh, you know, all of it in the NRL, but very, very good career in the Super League and then came over, did very well for the Raiders. And, you know, it's a bit sad to see him kind of peter out the last year or two where he's just not been very good. But yeah, a very unselfish move from him if he has retired just to free up that spot for the Eels to be able to you know, bring back Joey Lussick from the Super League as well. So that probably kills Brendan Hands as a bit of a Sonny Luke upgrade if you wanted to look that way. So, yeah, that's a bit of a downer there. But probably good minutes-wise for the middles, right? Then if you've got a bench hooker and then, you know, a, a rookie and Moretti, then you've got Offen and Gowie, Madison, and really it's just Hopgood and obviously Campbell Gillard still out for a little bit there. So, I mean... Are you still bringing any of these guys in, or is it more just it's good if you got them? I think it's it's good if you got them, right? Hopgood, Hopgood is one of those guys that uh, uh, people have sold and and brought in and sold and brought in a, a few times. I've been lucky to hold the whole time, and I'm definitely not upset about it. It's on a similar note to Munster, Maddo is as cheap as as you're probably going to get Maddo as well, right? With that sixty minute bench roll, but. Um, I think it's it's a little late in the season, unless you have an injury where you, you desperately need to bring a forward in. Maybe that's when there's a potential to look at someone from, from Parramatta, but there's, there's better uses of trades than, than bringing in 60-point toilers, isn't there? Yeah, I think so. And look, Matto obviously has the potential to get some attacking stats from now and then, like we've seen it, you know, playing this exact role that he's playing. But yeah, I, I don't know how many attacking stats there's going to be. The Eels have a really brutal run starting quite, I mean, this is included in that. But then, I mean, the Dragons next week will be nice, but Broncos, Pan, uh, Roosters, Panthers, round 24 to 26. So not really the matchups you're targeting for head-to-head finals. And then round 27 by when round 27 is going to be tough enough for overall players with, you know, mass restings on the cards like they had last year. But have to wait and see, obviously, how it's going to look this year. I, I traded out Clint Guth- Gutherson last round. I, I traded him to Dave Fafita, so that was a bit of a, a painful one when he, what, 115, I think, in the end after updates and whatever. So, yeah, look, I, I, I do think maybe do you just ride him out this round and then enjoy him for the Dragons matchup, or do you maybe still think Gutho to Latrell might be the play? Ooh, I think, yeah, Gutho to anyone else, maybe not Gutho to Latrell. That, that's nice, isn't it? I, I do think, I mean, you're downgrading Gutho to Latrell Mitchell. Like, that's pretty sweet. I felt good downgrading Gutho to Dave Fafita, to be fair, but <laughs> <laughs> didn't quite work out points-wise. But hopefully that, that catches up this week for me. Aside from that, I mean, yeah, I'm not too keen on the Eels. Again, that attacking upside, it seems pretty limited aside from round 23 against the Dragons next week. So, yeah, let's keep it moving. So the first game on Super Saturday, it's Raiders and Knights. So this is uh, 3 p.m. So the NRL website does say Seawest Super Stadium, but I think we just checked it. It is GIO Stadium, so maybe worth double-checking because it would be really weird for the Raiders and the Knights to take this game to the Gold Coast. But anyway, uh, so for the Raiders, they it's 1-17 actually. Corey Hosbrough was charged, but he just paid a fine and he's free to play. 
for the Knights, they've lost Daniel Safiri due to a thigh strain. And otherwise, it's just Brody Jones coming onto the bench. I think that's pretty much it. And Adam Elliott revenge game on the cards. But outside of that, I mean, the Knights, they're on fire, aren't they? Yeah, they really are. Paponga with the one jersey on his back. And yeah, he is looking really good. Marju's looking good. I think the one guy, and he's not super coach relevant, so we never talk about him, but he's not getting spoken about anywhere, is, is Jackson Hastings. He is He's playing really, really well, and I guess the Tigers would just love to still have him, wouldn't they? That's the thing. Like, I, I don't think he's ever not played well or you know done a good job on the field for the club. It always seems to be something else with him, whether he you know rubs his teammates the wrong way or pisses off management or whatever it is. It seems to be one thing or another for Jackson, so... It's tough. Like, I think he's really good with the fans. Like, a lot of people love him. He's really popular with the fans and, yeah, can't fault what he does on the field most of the time. So it's a curious one. It's a very curious one for sure. But, yeah, you nailed it. Like, Ponga, I mean, it's probably too hard to get him in now at the price tag at 965K. But, like, he's lifting everyone in that back line. I mean, I think didn't all of the Knights outside backs hit 60-plus last round against the Storm? Like, you just don't back that most weeks yeah I, and well look marju's hitting 60 plus in base and base attack at the moment isn't it i looked i was playing someone with marju and i looked he hadn't scored a try and i thought oh this is good and at half time he was on like 43 points and I thought, what is he doing yeah i think he had a, a bit of a phantom line break in there but no his his work rate is fantastic i mean you look at the last couple of weeks so it was only 44 this round but 55 55 59 43, 57, 49, like that's insane base and base attack. So, I mean, it's practically having a back row in your, in your set of wing, but with the try scoring upside of running, running off Kalen Ponga on the left wing. So got to get him in, I think. I, I mean, I'd hate to play against him in a head-to-head, right? <laughs> yeah, he is. He, as you say, because he's, say, he's a back row and with the yeah, fullbacks upside, it, it is very pretty. Not, not only is obviously the Raiders this round, which is not a tough matchup sometimes, and then Dolphins-Bulldogs next two weeks. So that's going to be tough to to be, uh, you know, have him as a pot against you. But then it's the Rabbitohs and Sharks for the round 25-26. So maybe that's not as – I mean, who knows? Like, right, the Sharks could be anything by then. <laughs> yeah, and could not in a good way. Could be anything not in a good way. That's it, right? But – they could also turn it all around and suddenly be a decent team. Who knows? But I think you'd want to have at least Marju. But I can get around, you know, getting a bit of a pod move going with Gagai or Best even. They're both killing it. So. They are. Gagai's been – Gagai is – it doesn't look like he's scoring well, right? But he just he just keeps putting up super coach numbers. I think sometimes – and I mentioned it before. Sometimes it's just getting the ball to Dom Young, right? He can finish. Dom Young is a good finisher, so – yeah, I think the Roosters have got themselves a bit of a bargain for next year and going to have my own Dom Young on that Roosters right wing for next year for sure. He needed to stop stop scoring tries and, and scoring 150 at the night to be helpful. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, for the Raiders, I'm not so interested in the Raiders for Supercoach. I don't know. I just can't get around them. They're just not. I mean, look, your boy Matt Pitimico, you, you've been a big fan of his for a lot of his season. He's still playing lights out, isn't he? Like he just looks really, really good on the field. He really is. In terms of their back line, he, he's really the only guy that you can throw the ball to and say, go and do something. Um, everybody else needs needs someone to do something for him, whereas as Timoko can just do it himself. Yeah, and like he was so good on the field last week and still 
he's still only scored 53. So I think that's the issue, right? But then you see like last round, last game before that, 122 uh, with two tries. And again, I mean, to be fair, that was the Dragons. So maybe that's what it was. But yeah, I think Timical's not a bad pod for the for the run home. But there is, they've got the Knights this week, Tigers next week, but then Storm, Bulldogs, Broncos. So a bit of a mixed draw. All right, let's keep it moving. So the next game we've got here is the Dragons and the Seagulls. This one is at Wynn Stadium. So for the Dragons, they, I mean, Moses Mbai has uh, left immediately to go to the Super League. I think he's got a multi-year deal, so the Dragons have let him go. And they're bringing in uh, another bench hooker, I believe, Connor Molison, maybe. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, he's going to get his debut. So well done to young Connor. But, yeah, it's good to see some youth get another shot there at the Dragons. For the Seagulls, obviously we mentioned the the loss of the middle forwards there with Paseca and Aloaya gone. So, look, let's just talk about Matt Lodge. You know, obviously with so many middles out there, he's a pretty good price, isn't he? Let's just double check what his break even is at 425, 200. Yeah, break even of 37. So he'd want to jump on now. But I mean, he stepped up last round, like 65, played 52 minutes there. And, you know, just really, really good work rate. Like he had, I think he did have a couple of offloads in there, but no attacking stats otherwise. And yeah, I think he's. If he's looking at 50 minutes every week, which he might with this kind of lineup, he's not a bad downgrade if you really do need to downgrade someone at that front row forward position. Again, it's not really somewhere I want to be making trades, right, if you can avoid it. Yeah, absolutely. But as you say, if you if you need the cash and you've got someone injured, I'd like to think if you had Tino, you maybe sold him last week because um, now you've only missing him for another two weeks. Maybe, look, no one owns Campbell Gillard, surely. Um but, yeah, it definitely would be a juicy time to buy Matt Lodge if it was early in the year. I was going to say, maybe, depending on how you feel about it, but Toru Harris on the buy this round and already kind of a little bit iffy with the minutes with his injury concerns, like I, I could get around maybe downgrading him. You'll free up like 160K. Like if you can do that and then that gets you cash to get someone up to Latrell, I can get all all around that for sure. Yeah, that's a really good, really good shout, right? I, I don't see Matt Lodge scoring much less than than Toru Harris on the way home, if anything, because he yeah he hasn't looked the Toru Harris of old the last couple of rounds. Yeah, and I don't know if like there was one week where he was apparently sick, he almost didn't play, and then obviously he's a ever present concern if he cops a knee, like a knock to his knee in the wrong spot. But like when he's when he's fit and firing, he just looks so good still. So uh, I mean. I've got a soft spot for Torhu. I'm going to find it really hard to trade him out. <laughs> Aside from that, I mean, look, Garrick obviously still getting it done. I think you're not going to trade him out against the Dragons, but he's so highly owned. I mean, would you consider maybe getting rid of him after this week? Um, yeah, there's definitely some value still there, isn't there? Like he's still 650, so it's not like you're selling a, a, a proper mid-ranger. You can get him to most people. You could probably get him to... To Toto, I can't imagine that. Not not off the top of my head, but it wouldn't be that far to get to Toto. That's a downgrade right now. Four K free up, free up four K going Garrick to Toto. Yeah, look, that's I could get around that, um, and then then they go Roosters, Panthers around twenty three, twenty four. So look, not the the dumbest thing. I might uh, you may have just talked me into going Garrick to Greg Marju after this week for the next two rounds. Thank you, Wilfred. That's all right. Yeah, I probably wouldn't get rid of him this week against the Dragons. But, yeah, next two weeks, I, I wouldn't like to have 
having Marjorie instead of Garrick's probably a good move for head-to-head reasons. Maybe not too bad even for overall. All right. Uh, any other names? I mean, it was funny, right? We all talked about, is it Cleary? Is it Sean Johnson? Is it Nico Hines? Maybe the answer was Daily Cherry Evans the whole time. The only answer for Daily Cherry Evans is give him back the Australian number seven jersey. I'm sorry, Nathan, move over. But um, no, he's not super coach Daily Cherry Evans. He was last week, but he's not. He can't be. It's 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 hard to trust him for the rest of the run home, right? Like, especially with the you, know, you just talked about the Roosters and Panthers matchups coming up. They've got no middles the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I can certainly uh, probably probably avoid that one there. But he's going to be really good this week, I guess. If your head to head finals start this week for some reason, maybe maybe that's not the worst move. Yeah, he does score some big some big scores, right? He, he'll he'll get a try. He loves an intercept or like a scoop up off the ground. I've just got images of Cherry Evans running sort of 40 metres and scoring tries, but he's not like the typical accumulator like like Hines and, and Cleary are, so he's got to work for it. He does read the game really well, which is a, which is exactly why I think he does pick up those intercepts and, you know, he's in the right place a lot of the time. And, you know, he's not the fastest guy out there, but as we saw in Origin, he, he saw the play unfolding and he was the first guy, you know, who was able to run down Critter. So... All right, let's talk about the next game, Panthers and the Sharks. This is at Blue Bet Stadium, so the Panthers' home ground. I mean, the Panthers, you know, successful return for, for Cleary. They do lose Spencer Linio for a, a knee issue there. Matt Eisenhuth comes onto the bench. Tungo still out, as we mentioned, which sees Peachy get another start there. Yeah, I mean, do you jump on Cleary if you don't have him? Like, are you out on Nico Hines? Would you go Hines to Cleary? Oh, look, Nico still scored 86 last week. And I know people, yeah, like it, it's amazing to see like 86 and then people are still thinking of the trade out, right? I'm personally not out on, on Nico Hines. I'm I'm holding him. Um, he had a tough mid-season. He had some sort of letdowns across the board and he's managing to average 99.2, right? So look, I, I can't do it, but I see a world where people are doing it and, and I, I don't think it's the worst thing. I, I couldn't do it. What I will say is that I think Nico was very lucky to score the 86 that he scored last round. And I think Nathan Cleary was very unlucky to only score 70 or whatever, or 81 or whatever he was in the end after updates. Because, I mean, the Panthers put on 42, 44 points with ease and he didn't have to do very much. And there was maybe, yeah, there was a real potential that he could have gotten at least another try assist there or even scored himself at some point. So... With the Sharks kind of imploding, they've lost for Nukin for the season. I do wonder if maybe you're not looking at the scores. It's not it's not a numbers thing. It's basically do you trust the Sharks? And if you don't, maybe Nico, you know, you could still downgrade him to Cleary, can't you? I think that's Yeah, you make a hundred K. You make a hundred thousand dollars. So I can certainly get around that. Again, not for me because I have no trades, hardly. <laughs> but if you have a few more trades, I can certainly understand that that could be a play there. And, you know, between the two, I'd, I'd much rather have Cleary over Nico in this matchup for sure. Yeah, agree. Agree with that. Now, with the Sharks, look, they made some changes last round, like bringing in Trindle instead of Matt Moylan. They brought in, obviously, they, they moved in Connor Tracy instead of Talakai, who's now on the bench after he was a late withdrawal last round. I just, I don't know. I couldn't. None of the changes really looked like they worked right. They just looked worse rather than better. They got torn to shreds. I mean, like, Cola had a field day running at that left edge. So, yeah, look, Trindle's there again. 
Wade Graham's uh, there instead of Calhoun because of that injury. Uh, sorry, the the suspension for Calhoun and Graham back being back from an injury, and they've lost Fanukin for the season now. So Cam McInnes gets the start at lock with Talakai back in onto the bench. I don't know. I just feel I've got I've got some bad vibes about the Sharks, despite having so much confidence in them previously. It just something's something's just happened, and they've fallen off a cliff and really quickly. Yeah, this week could be scary. There, there is some positives though, like Cam McInnes. I find does look better in the middle than, than Fanukin anyway. Talakai, maybe he can play the bench back row role and, and really add some impact off the bench. Connor Tracy's a gun. Braden Trindle is a really good footballer. So, look, there is definitely potential there, but they do make me nervous. Yeah, let's not stretch it too far. I don't know if Braden Trindle is a really good footballer. <laughs> okay, okay. He's better. Well, he's, he's as good as Matt Moylan, at least, surely. That that might be a fair fair comment. I could I could get around. Now I traded out Ronnie Mulatalo uh, last round. He was my sacrifice for Bizza. Uh, in the end, it, you know, it worked out points wise. But Ronnie did look a little bit better after a few weeks where he's just looked really really poor. I still have Sienna Katoa, and I'm a little bit worried about that. But I kind of think. Do you do you feel like if you've got sharks outside backs, you're jumping off them? Yeah, uh, potentially yes. Wade Graham, we we know he is not the greatest for his outside men. So um, the fact that you've sold more Talo is, is probably a good thing in that sense. Um, I'd much prefer to own Brian Toto than Ronaldo more Talo. But uh, yeah, look, the Sharks have a couple of good games on the run home, and, and they could they could follow, they sh- showed last week in, in a matter of twenty minutes they can put on points quickly. So. Look, not the most urgent trade-out, but yes, if you could get someone like Mulatalo or Katoa, you had the cash there and the right jewels to get Latrell Mitchell, God, make that happen. But um, yeah, I wouldn't be jumping at something. Yeah, I think that's fair. At the end of the day, there's still wingers who get to run off Nico Hines, so you know there will be points on offer. But yeah, I I mean, I've, I've heard some people talking about trading out Britain Nukura. I don't think I'd do that. Like he's been good all season and, you know, people were falling over themselves to get him in a couple of weeks ago. So stick with it. He's still run off Nico Hines, so I think he'll be fine. All right. Uh, then first game on the Sunday, Bulldogs and Dolphins. This is up in Bundaberg. So not a home game for either of these two teams. So big news for the Bulldogs, obviously, Billy Kikau is back. First game since round four. They also get back the Fox. So he's back. I, I'd assume he'd be on the left wing, which means... Maybe Blake Wilson moves over to the right wing. My supposed enough from round 19 who still, still keeps hanging around. Uh, Preston's back, as we mentioned. Marnie's back starting. Toby Sexton back at halfback. And it looks pretty good, doesn't it? And they've they've picked up Liam Knight from the Rabbitohs for the rest of the season, so he's named on the extended bench, but you'd assume him to come back into the team. And, yeah, I, I think the this is the best Bulldogs lineup that we've seen for quite some time. Yeah, there's there's something about Toby Sexton at seven and Matt Burton at six that just looks better than it than it did at the start of the year, doesn't it? Look, Toby Sexton's definitely not Nathan Cleary, but he can organise and and let let Burton do his thing. It as good as the team looks, it's probably not good for Preston though, right? It pushes him back to the right edge. Well, I think uh, Preston has been at the right edge the last couple of times he played when uh, they had Jackson Tupany in there. So yeah, I mean he scored one try, I think. Running off, uh, was I think Marnie set him up, but I definitely don't think he got as much ball on the right edge. And with Billy Kikau there now as well, I definitely think, yeah, I, I could see myself moving on Preston if I had the luxury to. 
the Bulldogs had the bye next round, so that's not helpful for head-to-head finals, obviously. But yeah, I think Preston's fine. He'll be safe. He still gets through plenty of work, and as we can see, you know, Marnie can still set him up, and I think Sexton could get some points there for him as well. So not the end of the world as long as Sexton stays in the team, which I think we'll we'd have to say he should be in there. <laughs> On the Dolphins side, they get back some cavalry themselves. So Marshall King uh, after the the buy. So hopefully the layoff has been good for his shoulder because he obviously makes a huge difference for them. A Ray Stone's out, broken hand. So I think you you knocked him out or something, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess. I brought him in. That was a wasted trade. Goodness me. I thought he, he one game he based like 50 or something, traded him in, and God, that was a waste. He looked like he was – it wasn't just one game. He hit, you know, 50, 60 in base for like two or three weeks in a row. But obviously, yeah, back to back to the bench. Uh, and now he's broken his hand. So in the end, it worked out well for you there. The hammer back to fullback is huge, I think. Like I think that's better for Osaka. I'm hoping that that will help his scores a little bit. Also – uh, that brings Val Tafare back onto the right center, which is not the best. I, I think we've seen Big Val likes to go himself, but it's better than you and Aiken being on the right center because he's the original glue hands who never passed. So I'd rather Big Val than uh, Big Big Ewan there. And testing <laughs> you back on the wing as well. Cody Nicarima partnering Sean O'Sullivan in the halves. Look, the Dolphins look a little bit better as well. So I, I kind of feel this might actually be a high-scoring game. I don't know. I've got those vibes between the two. So Jermaine Asako stay in my team. Like I've committed to holding him for matchups like this. And it's not just this week because I think upcoming, we've talked about it, but, you know, Bulldogs, Knights, Roosters, Tigers. So maybe the Roosters is a lot tougher, but that's not a bad run for the next four weeks. But head-to-head grand final is against the Cowboys. So not ideal there for Asako and any other Dolphin. But, you know, you'd ride him out the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I think I think I agree. The Dolphins, both of these sides, it, it's a, the best uh, best seventeen they've run out with in, in quite some time. So, what does look like the Bludger Cup could be a little bit better than that. Well, we know it's not spoon ball anymore because that was last round. And <laughs> yeah, the old who cares cup. But there could be some super coach interest in this uh, in terms of points scored. All right, and then the final game of the round: the Titans and the Cowboys. So, as you mentioned, still no Tino. They've got Joe Stimson starting for Cleese Haas, going back to the bench. Isaac Lou still starting at prop, but there might be a late shuffle again. Randall played prop, I think, last week. Aaron Clark getting plenty of minutes at lock, I believe. But, I mean, this is not the right time to be downgrading a Tino back in a couple, in what, two more games, I think. On the Cowboys side, real quick. So, Nanai, obviously, out for four to six weeks. I think they're talking more, probably expect him to be more six weeks. So, I'd trade him out if I had him. And the rookie, uh, KF, <laughs> into the starting fact. But as we mentioned, Lukey might be back next week or the week after at the latest. And otherwise, I think, yeah, young Manny, Jermaine Tanoa Brown, getting a run uh, with Griffin, Griffin Neem out due to concussion protocols. So, look, Scott Drinkwater just, I mean, he still keeps going, doesn't he? Just absolutely on fire this season, this hot Scott season. Yeah, that try that, as a non-owner, that try that he scored where Chad Townsend sort of just passed it to him on the right, just outside the right-hand upright, and he ran through and nobody looked like tackling. What was going on there? How did he make that look so easy? Yeah. I think, and and this is a shout-out to the rugby league writers, so uh, if you've seen them on, they've got a website. 
this independent content basically, but they've talked about this particular play where, yeah, they've, they've run that quite a few times and it really, it's really, really effective the way uh, I think it starts off drinkies on the, on the other side and then he swings around and he it's, it's hidden really well basically, but yeah, they've, they've done it a few times and drinkies scored untouched like that almost every time. So whether it's just good, good coaching, drinky being, you know, really, really, timing is run perfectly or whatever it is combination of all uh, the Cowboys use that play really, really well. So I do think, uh, yeah, it, I wouldn't be surprised if it happens again for, for overall, like I don't think I could advocate for trading drinking in at this stage with that price tag when you can get Latrell and Ponga even, but for head to head, like if you see drinking on the opposition's team, are you just crapping your pants or? You would think this stage of the season I would be past this point, but I still can't trust him, right? I, I can't. So I'm happy to antipod him. Maybe that's just because I don't and I don't have him and I'm stubborn and he's like 1.5, 1.05 million. But um, yeah, look, he is he is in an unreal stretch of form and the Titans, again, I don't think they're going to be putting up the great wall of defense. But uh, yeah, look, I'm happy. As you say, you can't go selling the farm for drinking at this time of the year. Maybe though, let's just you know, just hypothetically, you, you've reached your grand final. It's round twenty six. Surely you're going Latrell to Drinky for the final game against the Dolphins. Yes, surely he's back down to like nine hundred thousand by then. <laughs> you can downgrade Latrell to him by, by then, maybe. <laughs> That'd be the goal. But yeah, like Val Holmes as well. He, he looks good um, against oh, the man, Titans. He, getting sin bin and still scores fifty. With no attacking stats in there, like you can't. You, I mean, how do you stop that, right? That's just amazing, amazing point scoring potential there. But to be fair, so Titans this round, Broncos next week, which I think on paper should be a tough matchup. I mean, Drinky only scored one last time out right, with the sin bin, <laughs> uh, and then round twenty four bye. So I think that's a little bit tricky, especially for head to head. If you are, you know, maybe if you're a, in the top four and you can have a week off, that'd be ideal, right? You can. Yeah. Ride all your Cowboys players, but if you're in the bottom half of the head-to-head ladder, you might need to consider like, is this actually a viable strategy to to skip the Cowboys, presuming you make it through round 23 when the Cowboys take on the Broncos, and then you know your opponents won't have Cowboys to to, play, to go against you in round 24. So, bit of head-to-head strategy there. <laughs> uh, aside from that, I mean. Look, Lucy Leilua is a bit of a smoky, I think. He seems to be locked into that edge now, especially with Nanai injured and, and Luki coming back. So with the draw that they've got and with obviously how well the Cowboys are playing, I can't fault anyone chasing that. Would you go after anyone else? Tom Dearden, Reese Robson, Ruben Cotter is really cheap at the front row forward position. He is, yeah. Ruben Cotter is, is cheap. And um, again, like with Tamalolo not playing the minutes of, of old Jason Tamalolo. So I think Cotter will be building into some big minutes, especially back into the season. He's come off that origin campaign. They're going to get the bye in round 24, as you said, so he probably doesn't need to be rested. Similar story to Matt Lodge. If you needed to downgrade someone in the front row forward, I think Ruben Cotter's not the worst, yeah. It's tough though, right? I, can't, I think if you're looking at it though, with Lodge not going to have a bye in round 24, it might be a reason just to go with Lodge over Cotter. But you know, maybe you're a diehard Queensland fan or a Cowboys fan and it just feels happier to have Cotter in your team, right? And can't fault you for that. He is glorious with his uh, dirty mullet running around. He is, and he's always so happy, right? You just can't fault the guy. You're happier with him in your team. 
All right. Yeah, I, I can't get around any of the Titans players at this stage. I mean, Dave Fafita is Dave Fafita. I've had some people say, you know, is he someone you can, you know, try the antipod route? I just don't think I could get around that. Like, it's just too risky. He's a reasonable price for his output. Yeah, he's, he's not super expensive. They do have a reasonably tough draw. So if you couldn't get there, be it money or be it trades, look, convince yourself that you're antipotting him on purpose. But um, it wouldn't be the absolute worst thing. But as you said, if you can get him, just get him because it's safer to own him. But if you couldn't, convince yourself it's a good idea to antipod based on the matchups. I just don't think matchups matter for him, right? Like, let's just that's just a reality like if he wants to score he will score that's just <laughs> that is day for feeder right <laughs> yeah fair point and kieran will say you need to want to score big boy let's go yeah you you stand there i'll pass you the ball and then you put the ball down <laughs> and then you go 30 33 points <laughs> line break try tackle bust tackle bust tackle bust yeah all right i think that's enough chat for this the team list this round so we'll finish up just by Quickly recapping on the group competitions. So uh, thanks again to our friends at Tyler Maid, stand for excellence in wall and floor tiles. We've still got Edwin, the coach of Lux for Losers in 11th. So he's uh, still leading. And Ryan, the coach of Financial Panther in 15th, is coming second. 500 bucks overall prize if you lead our group comp come in the season. And that's obviously 1000 if you happen to also be a champ because uh, you'll get you'll combine that with the $500 champs only bonus, obviously. For second and fourth, thanks to our friends at Rugby League Fantasy Pro, you'll get a platinum subscription for 2024. That gets you access to all four of their fantasy apps, including Supercoach Pro, Fantasy Pro, Draftstars Pro, and Punter Pro, basically valued at 90 bucks each. If you're fifth to 10th in the group, you'll also get a $30 voucher to use in 2024, which basically covers the cost of Supercoach Pro or any of the other subscription packages that you want. Jump over to rugbyleaguefantasypro.com for more info about what's offered. And thanks again to Adrian and the team at Rugby League Fantasy Pro for their generosity. All right, Matt, that's a detailed chat. A lot of, um, you know, it's it's good when you get you on because we can talk a little bit more head-to-head rather than just focus on the overall. And I know some of our listeners do appreciate their head-to-head chat at this end of the season. So, yeah, any uh, final thoughts for the teams? Any 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 smoky players that you would look at as a pod? Smoky player? Oh, look, I can't go past... My man Tomoko, right? I'm going to ride him home. He's got to be the guy. I'm going to name my team after him next year, I think, somehow. I like it. I like it. I'm going to suggest a, a hot Scott, not Scotty Drinkwater, Scott Sorensen. Uh-huh. I think he's a real smoky to actually sneak into one of the top three second row forwards for the rest of the season. There is some – I think a lot of people have just held off him because they're not sure about the minutes or whatever. But if you watch the Panthers game, you can tell like, he's the, clearly the best edge back rower like pure edge, like, I mean, Liam Martin's great and all, but I think Scotty Sorensen's the best for Supercoach, and I think he's made that left edge his own. So I'm all for hot Scott season. Not the expensive one million plus one, but the more affordable uh, back rower from the Panthers. So I think, you know, I was talking about getting Latrell, but I'm, I'm tempted to go for the pod route and get hot Scott. Bypass Latrell for an edge back rower of the Panthers. I'd love to see it, mate. love to see it. Maybe I'll just do both. Uh, I'm going to get some creative maths going here. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Jeff. And I will, we've got another episode out tomorrow. So maybe we'll hear more of your insights and deeper strategy dive in that one there, Matt. Perfect. Thanks, mate. See ya. Cheers. Thanks for listening.